Well, it's nice to meet you. Amanda has said some really nice things about you. Oh, well, bless her heart. <laughs> like and, we're in, and we're in Tennessee together, which we're is... Just like, we're just like right there. Yeah. My voice is still a little jacked up too. Still a little dehydrated. It's one of those things where it can either be good, like my friends, where it's that positive, that's just my voice that's like radio voice, or it just sounds horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. It's, it's more of a dehydrated kind of thing where the vocal cords Enough about me. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, lead heads. We are back with what are we back with, Amy? We're back with Amy Hall. We're back with us. We're back with another episode of the Talking Lead Podcast. <laughs> 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 and that is my guest, Amy Hall, which we're going to find out probably more than she wants to tell us <laughs> about Amy Hall. And uh, I think we talked about you a couple episodes back. When we had Amanda Lynn Mayhew on, yes, and, she's a uh, good friend. She's she's a good girl, and mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to find out all about Amy coming up in her podcast that she has called Her Wild Outdoors. Amy is an avid hunter, outdoors enthusiast, and uh, an outstanding mother, wife, and she's uh, here locally to me. That I just you know we found out from Amanda also, so. I was excited to hear that. Unfortunately, we couldn't get together in studio. We're doing this via Skype. I, I came came up with a bug the other day. Turned out to be food poisoning, but just to be on the safe side. We thought we better keep our distance. So It's, it's just adding to the distance safety protocols, right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, you got the young ones and everything, so there's no mm. sense jeopardizing, put, putting them at risk. Uh, but I'm fine now. Just my voice is a little strained right now. I'm still dehydrated, so I'm just coming off of it. I ate my first uh, solid meal last night. <laughs> That's a risk in itself, and right? You, you know what I had? So uh, I had this deer meat that I hadn't eaten yet. I think it was about a year old. It had been in the freezer for about a year. I defrosted it, and I made uh, uh, spaghetti with the deer meat. That's it. So deer meat, I could I could say, is a definite positive for that because of how lean and easy it is to digest. But yeah. adding the tomatoes was very risky. The tomato, yeah. Well, I like, and I <laughs> added extra tomatoes on top of it. So you are living life on the edge, right there. <laughs> I did, but I put a lot of garlic, a lot of garlic, a lot of pepper. For you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it, it's really strong. <laughs> so, so probably another good reason why you're not in studio with me is I reek of garlic right now. <laughs> but, but we, I have experienced that before. My husband made spaghetti one time for a big group of men. And I think he was in charge of the garlic bread. And it was so much so that I think all of the men slept on the couch that night. I think all the wives kicked him out <laughs> because of how strong it was. Uh, I love garlic, and uh, yeah, it it definitely does something with the bo, no doubt about it. But but I'm feeling a lot better now, and I, I'm on the track to to being able to eat again. I had a uh, one of those apple fritter thingies this morning. It was really good. I bet. And milk, so I was able to keep the milk down and everything. So I'm I'm good to go. 
you are good to go. I, that's the better thing about food poisoning versus a stomach virus. I think that once food poisoning is over, you're pretty much on the mend. Uh, yeah, it was about virus. a it was about a fifteen hour deal ordeal yeah. that I went through, and then pure hell. <laughs> yeah, it was I mean, the st- stomach cramps, and I Ugh. I'd only had one other case worse than this uh, in my life, but this was like the second worst. And I don't, I don't know what I ate. I don't know what it was because I eat like a freaking garbage disposal. I mean, I just I eat anything and everything. And uh, I don't, I don't know. I was trying. I was going through my stuff. I checked everything. All the dates on everything were fine. You just never know. Uh, I grilled that day, so maybe it picked up something off the grill. Maybe that didn't cook off. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But nobody else got sick. It was just me. That kind of makes it, that's your, your go-to as well for that wasn't a virus if you didn't share it with anybody. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it was that. I knew what it was. It was food poisoning. I knew Ugh. what it was when it hit me. Miserable. Yeah. It, Wendy's did that to me one time. Wendy's. Actually, twice. Wendy's did that to me twice back in like 2000, and I have not been able to eat Wendy's since. When they were serving the horse meat? <laughs> <laughs> which was also probably a good reason right. not to eat it. <laughs> I think uh, that was a I think that was a uh, a myth, but uh, I don't think they were ever serving horse meat. But you remember that rumor when that was I going? I do around? remember that. I remember that rumor. And what was it? Taco John's um, had a good one as well growing up. That that yeah, I have never been able to go back to Wendy's. Taco John's. Are you from Tennessee? I am from Tennessee. There's Taco John's in Tennessee. There was a Taco John's in Jackson, Tennessee, until about, I would say, 95 or 96. Okay. Got shut down. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever been to I've heard of Taco John's, but I've never been to a Taco John's. I ate it once. I remember eating it once. It could have, when I was a little kid, maybe we had it more then, but I just remember eating it yeah. once. Isn't it, isn't it amazing what your body remembers? It's like <laughs> Wendy's. You associate being sick with Wendy's and now you don't eat Wendy's anymore. Yeah. I did that growing up. Um, my mom had made some sort of like this pizza kit mix. <laughs> she made a she made pizza from one of these pizza kits and uh, I got sick of that and I, Never again. I couldn't eat pe- just pizza at all for for the oh, long for years. No, I refuse to eat pizza. I love pizza now, though. So. Yeah, we we eat pizza a lot in our house. Oh yeah, uh, with with preteens, it fills them up better than anything. Sometimes. The Fiocchi family has been producing high quality ammunition since 1876. In 2020, Fiocchi's launching a full line of premium products, everything from self and home defense to the long range categories. The Fiocchi Blue Guardian line will feature specially tuned products specifically for home and self-defense, featuring lead-free technology and the only NATO-certified zero-pollution primer in the world. Fiocchi's a proud sponsor of the Talking Lead Podcast and the Leadhead Brigade. Fiocchi trains, Fiocchi protects. All right, let's get into let's get into the show here. I'm sure people are tired of us talking about being <laughs> Having food poisoning. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) But uh, in case you didn't get the opportunity, go back to last episode, uh, which was our AK Corner. It was our 11th of 12 episodes for season two of the Talking Lead AK Corner. And it was a fun episode. Had a lot of listener participation on that. 
where we were talking about the stigma that the AK has as being the bad guy gun. That'll get a, a conversation you, going anytime. Right? When you think of mm-hmm. AK-47, you think of, you think of evil, don't you? You think of China. You think of Afghanistan. <laughs> you think of the bad guys in all the movies, right? Well, I don't. You don't? <laughs> I don't. I, my, it's one of my son's favorite guns to shoot, so. Oh, <laughs> well, there you go. I, uh, we, I definitely don't, but I think before, maybe, um, but that's what know. we tackled in that episode was that, you know, you look at the, it's generational, It is my generation and prior to my generation, you know, the AK 47 was, was evil, considered evil. And mm-hmm. if you had an AK 47 and, you know, people wouldn't even sell them in stores because, you know, that's the com the commie gun is mm-hmm. communism. But as, like you said, your son today, I mean, he doesn't really have that stigma about it and you know it's more and more accepted these days so yeah and that's it, what we I get mean, into I think in the it show just depends again on what like you said what your background is for it what yeah. your mindset is behind it and uh yeah exactly so we we tackle that uh in the last episode make sure you go back to that check it out and we gave we had three winners in that episode we gave nice. three awesome prizes away to three awesome leadheads and if you haven't contacted me yet to claim your prize, which two of the three have as as of this recording, uh, if the other one doesn't contact me, I'm going to keep it for myself. Hey, I'll claim it. Or maybe I'll give it to Amy. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Amy will get it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so uh, big thanks to um, Century Arms for being sponsors of the AK Corner Season 2. Occam Defense Solutions, IWI US, US Palm Mag. Make sure you go show them some love and let them know that you want a season three of the Talking Lead AK Corner. And uh, we got some good feedback on doing the Uzi segment as well, a segment on the Uzi. So if you're interested in us doing maybe uh, a mini season on the Uzi with IWI, uh, we could possibly do that too. But go show all our sponsors love. Keltech, keltechweapons.com. Chad and Matt over there, uh, we've been talking to them recently, and uh, I've got one of their Keltech RDBs that, Amy, I'm going to use for hunting season this year. Ooh. Yeah. So I can't I'm, wait to hear about that. I'm kidding that out, and we're going to see how, how it does. It's a bullpup. Are you familiar with the RDB? I'm not. Keltech, it's a 5.56. Five, okay. Uh, 16-inch, but it's in a bullpup platform. I've got it over here. I could hold it. Here, I'm going to grab it. Stand by. Okay. I'll show it to you. Show it to me. So this, of course, you had a computer there. You could have looked it up. <laughs> I could have. That's a RDB. Hold on. I can't see it. Let me pull back. I think your camera is off. Oh, I forgot, to I, turn my, I forgot to turn my I camera you. back on. There you are. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you're is. using this for hunting this year. I'm going to I'm gonna use it for yeah, some hunting this year. That will be fun. That will be a whole lot of fun. Yeah, I think so. Uh, really compact. I mean, you still get the 16-inch barrel. So you're going to yeah. get the, you know, the accuracy and all that from a 16-inch barrel. Uh, but it's in a much smaller compact platform. Compact. So, yeah. Yeah, Easier that'll to be pack a lot of fun. Funny thing is I have actually never hunted with a gun before. Really? Really. 
That's it's been bow. It's been bow. I want to change that. I'm looking forward to changing that. But it has been easier getting on public land with a bow, and I get to hunt longer with a bow. Yeah. And uh, sooner. Yeah. Sooner. Longer. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've hunted. Okay, let me take it back. I've hunted duck and I've hunted geese with a shotgun, but I have not hunted with a rifle of sorts for big game. Right. Well, cool. So, so is that a it'll goal that you're going to do this year? I hope so. I hope so. That is that is a big goal. I'd love to be able to expand my horizons and change it up just a little bit. And um, I've got a great 308 that I'd love to use. And okay. it's um, it's going to be fun. Nice. Well, we'll talk about that. Yeah. And then, of course, Buck Knives. Mm-hmm. Uh, sponsors of the Talking Lead podcast. They hosted us for uh, this podcast. This year's 2020 SHOT Show, hopefully, you know, we're going to have the 2021 SHOT Show, and we'll be there again next year. But they sent me this Skinner I'm trying to grab up here that I'm going to use this for hunting season this year. Oh, that's a nice knife. Oh, yeah. They make some good quality Skinners, hunting knives, Mm -hmm. fillet knives. They even have cutlery. Did you know that? Kitchen cutlery. I did not. They've got some like uh, elk. Or, oh, I uh, bet that's pretty. Oh, yeah. Uh, handled cutlery. So go show Buck Knives, Keltex some love. Let them know that uh, you're part of the Leadhead Brigade. And uh, I've got some discount codes that I'll shout out uh, for you guys for some of our other sponsors here toward the end of the show. Uh, because what I hear right now, Amy, I hear mm-hmm. I hear that talking lead jack wagon train rolling in. <laughs> Let's talk. So, Gunny, bring that train in. Hoorah, Semper Fi, do or die, hold them high at eight and nine. It is time for the talking lead jack wagon of the week, so brace yourself, baby. All right, so the train has stationed, and uh, I don't think we got a whole lot of jack wagons this week. I think we got more heroes for our mm-hmm. Leadhead Brigade uh, Heroes Lead Force One. But we're going to take care of a couple of jack wagons first, and we're going to start with our guest, the lovely Amy Hall. Thank you, thank you. Yes. I didn't, when when you brought this up and I was thinking about it, it if you go on my podcast, if you hear what I talk about, it, like your show, we try to keep it positive, right? Mm-hmm. For um, for a community, for supporting. But you know, every once in a while, you come across. <laughs> you do. You just you just have to point it out. Oh, you just have to. And there's there was a company, and uh, I'm. It's hard to single it down because there are so many companies doing this. Sure. And it's not just in the hunting and fishing community. It's everywhere. It's guns. It's um, It's sunglasses. It's cars. Everything. Everything, yeah. It's taking your product and selling it with sex. And so I came across a company one evening this week, and it was kind of a startup company, hasn't been around for a long time. Sure. Not really local, but in the southeast. And I've seen a couple of them in a row now where they started out good with showing their product, with showing how it works in the field. And it was a positive message. And then all of a sudden something switched. And now there are models and next to nothing showing the product in, you know, in between their legs or up around their chest Mm -hmm. or, and you know that they're models, they're not 
actual sportsmen. Right. Because they'll have a girl dressed in nothing, holding a compound bow, trying to pull back on the strings. <laughs> and I just sit there and I see this. And they've got and nails that are like this long. This long. <laughs> and their hair's all done. And it's, I mean, I'm thinking, okay, first of all, we don't even have to talk about the bow because we know that they're not real. They don't even know how to pull back on a bow. Mm-hmm. They but don't even know what they're say, holding. No, they don't. They don't. They, they don't even know, know it's called what, a bow. <laughs> it could be upside down for all I care. Like there, I'm looking at this, going, "I'm writing you off immediately because this person doesn't even know how to use the equipment." Lose all holding. credibility to somebody who knows. Yes. Yeah. And then you go to the attire. Where I'm thinking, if I'm outside where they are using this product, I would have been eaten alive by mosquitoes, chiggers, ticks, anything in, like, hmm. It's just a whole, so. Was this on Instagram? Facebook? It was on Instagram. It just gets under my skin. Because in my mind, if your product works, then you don't need sex to sell it. And I think that that goes across the board for me because the thing is, is we as women can fuss all the time about not being taken seriously in the communities that we are in. But until we say no to doing things like that, it just, it's not going to stop. And so I did a post about it. Just, I slept on it and then I did a post about it and just put it out there, didn't call out the company, didn't just kind of made a blanket yeah. post about how we should take responsibility for our community. And I think it goes for men and women because a lot of times you see men out there, you know, bare chested pulling back on stuff <laughs> the same way. Like I don't think it's just on the female side of things. Sure. It's, if I want to be taken seriously, you're going to go on my page and you're not going to find that. Because I am serious about what I'm doing. Yeah. I've been hunting longer than I've been on social media. And, uh-huh. Oh, oh, I could send you other screenshots that would blow your mind. But the good thing is, is that this company changed its tune. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it changed its tune. And I think that slowly but surely... Like, I guess this could be a jack wagon slash, like, good, we're moving in the right direction, positive yeah. hero, because you listen to your clientele. You listen well, to Well, they what, fell into, you know, they probably, and it looks like they're a new new company, are. up and coming. So mm-hmm. they're trying to find their traction. Mm-hmm. And it, it's and probably thanks to you and some other people, you know, they, mm-hmm. they quickly saw they were headed in the wrong direction for yeah. their ta- target audience. Right. And like right. Said, they made a course correction. So, yeah, I mean, you can be a jack wagon and, and, and redeem and yourself and become a, you know, Leadhead Brigade hero. So It's true. It's very true. So I think that there's, it starts with us and it starts with us holding each other accountable and being real and and honest. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I know everything there is to know about guns and bows and hunting and sharpshooting and all of that, because I don't. But I can tell you that I know who to reach out to find out these things from. And I am all about learning. 
And I think that that's the same with companies. They're going to trial and error it and they're going to try a whole bunch of things that sure. as long as they're listening and hearing and readjusting, I think that that's a positive. Yeah. Well, there you go. So that, yeah. that was a good one. I like that It was that a one. good one. It had a little positive spin on it. That was very good. <laughs> good job. Yeah. Good job. And, and just to remind you, Leadheads, this is Amy's first time on the Talking Lead podcast. So, uh, you know what that means. Uh-oh. Yeah. You get the new guy, new guy, new guy, and sometimes a girl questions. Oh, boy. And we're going to do that a little bit later. But Okay. Let's go to our listener. I don't think we have any listener-submitted jack wagons this week, which is oh, good oh because I asked you guys to send me more heroes, and okay. you listened, and we do have, we do have more heroes. So uh, Trump pardoned someone here recently did you hear about that i don't you know, think it, I it, did. Was, it was a big build up on he was going to pardon someone it was, you know it was a big name uh and then he made the announcement and it was susan b anthony what who he ended up and yeah and and this that, is she's not a jack wagon he's not a jack wagon no, for doing that uh-uh. at all no uh, and for those who don't know who Susan B. Anthony was, she was an American social reformer and women's rights activist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she played a pivotal role in the women's suffrage movement, born into a Quaker family and committed to social equality. She collected anti-slavery petitions. So she did a lot of work not only for women, but also for uh, the anti-slavery too. And this was back in the 1800s. Uh, so I guess my question is, you know, I why hasn't she been pardoned before now? Right. Well, I never knew that she did anything to be pardoned. So for. what she did, yeah. So what she did was she voted when when women didn't have the legal right to vote, that mm-hmm. they weren't recognized as having a, a legal right to vote. She mm-hmm. voted, and uh, she was uh, tried and found guilty of a federal offense. And she was fined like a hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But it probably it stayed on her record. And it's yeah, it stayed. Mm-hmm. So she was a you know she was a felon, and uh, I don't think she ever. I think around she ever paid the fine. I don't she don't think she ever paid it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Susan B. Anthony uh, was pardoned by President Trump. So what I'm getting at are all the the leftists that be, just because it was Trump who pardoned her. They're not on board with it, and they're trying to find all the negativity behind, you know, his pardoning of Susan B. Anthony, who, who, if you look at today's environment and what's going on in today with all the, the riots and the protests for, you know, mm, equal yeah. rights for everyone and all, or, you know, Black Lives Matter, or whatever. Uh, this lady was, you know, all for that. You know, that's what she was behind. But yet, these these groups that are behind those are condemning what he's done and, in a sense, condemning Susan B. Anthony. So those are my jack wagons. It's like it doesn't matter who did it. You know, she should have been pardoned uh, hundreds of years ago. You know, Right. So, it's ridiculous. Well. <laughs> just because it was Trump, they just they can't get on board and they can't agree with it. Can't make everybody happy, evidently, right? Well, I mean, you think that would have. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would you would have thought that, but you know, it's kind but of like one of those things that you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Right. 
But uh, definitely hero for Trump, hero Susan B. Anthony, uh, because there's no limits on jack wagons or heroes. We can go back thousands of years and, you know, recognize if if we need to. So they both get a ride on Lead Force One and uh, all those people that just because they want to make it into a political, which I'm sure part of his was political, too, is Mm -hmm. why he did. I mean, of course it was. But, Those perfect times. But if you look, it. but if you look at the whole, you know, the meaning behind it, I mean, it was mm-hmm. it was way overdue. So yes, I agree. I agree. That was a good one. Let's go to. So that's all our jack wagons. That's that's the only jack wagons I've got. Unless you can think of anything else. I cannot that, think of anything else because I've been down for a few days. I've not had a chance to to get caught up on the news, but. You leadheads, if you've got jack wagons, send those to me, talkinglet at gmail.com. Put jack wagon in the, the subject, and we'll read your jack wagons on air. Same I thing. Bet those are fun. <laughs> they are. We, we have some, yeah. some, I mean, we usually have like just, that's all we take up with this segment are jack wagons, but uh, we've got heroes to talk about. So yes, that's a let's good one. go to our listener submitted heroes here. And our first one comes from Evan. And Evan has a podcast. It's called Guns, Oil, and Dirt Podcast. Nice. It says, Dear Lefty, I hope you can talk about this on your next show. Maybe the Leadhead Heroes. But with the coronavirus, I wanted to bring attention to the fact that volunteer fire departments have been severely affected by the inability to hold events for fundraising. Mm. And not just fire departments, but... Like Sheepdog Impact Assistance, we've had to reschedule their annual charity ball gala like three times now. Uh, But I get exactly where you're coming from. He says, so hopefully we can employ people to remember the other group of folks who protected, who protect their communities. Thin Red Line. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you see this and I love the show. So thanks, Evan, for sending that in. And I'll have to check out your show. Guns, Oil, and Dirt podcast. I wrote that down too. I want to. I want to look it up. Yeah, we'll check that out. But yeah, definitely a fire. You know, our firefighters. Thankfully, you know, they're not being attacked by these protesters and uh, this, this left movement, Marxist movement that's going on right now. Uh, but our police departments have been severely affected by this. Uh, you know, and I think under the circumstances, you know, that's where people's focus, you know, are right now and in, in helping mm-hmm. them and protecting them. But definitely uh, our, you know, our first responders, the fire department, EMTs, they all need our support. It's true. I appreciate that, Evan. Thank you. My grandfather was a, a fire chief and I just remember growing up with everything that he put into it, all of the, I mean, not just the fighting fires for the community, but he was the he was the chef for the firehouse and the the family that was built around that. I we support our firefighters around here big time. Yeah, especially here in the South, it seems like we we really do. Shoot, I I make extra pie and take it down to our local place. It's you just support the people who are going to be taking care. Why of Why am you. I not surprised you make pie? <laughs> I do. <laughs> we talked to we talked to this just recently about the coronavirus and and shutting stuff down and how we have gained just a little bit of weight because of all the pastry that I keep. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just the opposite. I've lost weight. 
I, my I husband it has lost weight, but I'm I don't know all those blackberries in our in our backyard. There are a lot of pastry pastries made with those. I haven't been able to, you know. Well, I have been. It's just you got to wear a mask at the gym now, mm-hmm. but not while you're working out. Just when you walk in, right? And then you can take you it off. Talk to anybody? Oh, we have to have ours in the gym. You have no, to have we can your talk in your hand. Mm, yeah. No, this is at Gold's. At Gold's Gym, I mean, you can you walk in with the mask. They take your temperature. Yeah. And then you you go in. And you work out. You don't have to wear your mask. There's some people that still wear it, but mm-hmm. you still socialize and talk with people and that's good. Work out with you know your workout buddy, whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah. Anyway, all that about me losing weight. <laughs> we we digress. We went from firefighters to pie to we, working. We out. do a lot of rabbit holes on this show, Amy. <laughs> a lot of rabbit holes. So That's good. you got to keep me on track. Okay. All right. This next one comes from Johnny Reb, and this kind of applies to you, Amy. Okay, I'm yeah. listening. He said, "I want to place the parents and/or guardians that raise us right on the Lead Force One." Thanks for teaching us right from wrong, how to hunt, fish, to work for what we want, and the proper use of firearms. Thanks, Johnny Reb. Heck yeah. That's well said, Johnny Reb. I like that. Thank you. That's a good one. That's, uh, sometimes it's, you, you can find it as a lost art. Yeah, and, and with you being... And how many children do you have? We've got two. We've got two. And... It has been something that they've, it's been instilled in our home since day one. So it's nothing new to them. It's not, um, I don't know. It's been good. And you've instilled it in your children because I'm going to guess that it was instilled in you also. It was not, actually. Was it not? It was not. Wow. um, It was not a part of our, of my growing up guns or hunting. Are you from West Tennessee originally? I am. That's surprising. I, I know. My, our community and our neighborhood and people that I knew, uh, that was the case, but not for me. It wasn't until I was an adult that this all kind of came to fruition. Hmm. We're going to talk about that. I want to yes. hear, hear about this. So uh, thanks, Johnny Reb, for sending that in. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, all the parents or and or guardians. He's mm-hmm. encompassing all the mentors and everybody. There yeah. you go. Yeah, good word. Yeah. Uh, and then I want to also remind you guys that this is the National Shooting Sports Month, and we talked about it a little bit uh, a couple episodes ago when Amanda was on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's shootingsportsmonth.org. You can go and find out what all's going on with this. And it's obviously sponsored by the National uh, Shooting Sports Foundation, NSSF, mm-hmm. the people who bring you SHOT Show. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I was talking about that you know, if you've got a local range that's got events set up, you can go here and it'll tell you where the events are. Or if you're a local range and you want to get involved with this, go to this website, shootingsportsmonth.org or contact the National Shooting Sports Foundation, and they can tell you what you need to do. But there's free targets on here. You can download targets. Uh, There's uh, giveaways going on where you can enter to win certain giveaways. Uh, And then there's a link for find events. And then you can add your event or promotion uh, on here also. 
So they make it real easy for you to participate and uh, try to get new shooters involved in the uh, the shooting sport. I love that. We've got at my daughter's school, they've got a trap team. And I love that that's available. And they, they've got instructors that really encourage it. It's very nice. Awesome. Mm-hmm. It's a private school, isn't it? It is not. It's a public school. You're in a public school. Okay. Yeah. Very yeah. Nice. That's unheard of these days. You know, here in Tennessee, both shot clubs and teams and the uh, NASP program uh, is a huge part of of our public school system. What's the last one you said? NASP. It's the archery program that starts in fourth grade and goes all the way up. Wow. It's in our public schools. and well, I don't have kids, so <laughs> that's something, something. Uh, something new to me. It, it's, I didn't know you that. You would not think, but it's all it's national and even goes beyond national, but it's a program within our public school system that's actually supported by public school funds. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. I was not aware of that. Yeah. And that's here in Tennessee. That is here. It's all over. But we do have it uh, strongly in Middle Tennessee. Yeah. Okay. Rutherford County, I think, is one of the largest counties. Do you know where someone would go if we've got listeners that have uh, children, where they can go and get information on that if they're not aware? I'm sure they are because they got kids in school. I I don't know. They should, especially in our area. But you can actually ask to have it brought into your school uh, if you're interested. And it's just, it's NASP. Uh, schools.org and spell that it's N A S P S. Well, it's N A S P schools.org. Uh-huh. Okay. And you can go there. You can talk to your school resource officer, to your principal. You can get that started. Um, they have a grant that helps the school get started with supplies and everything. Well, there you go. There's, there's more heroes right there. I know. Yeah. That is awesome. It's it's a way that gets bows into hands of kids who might not have another club or a group of kids that they mesh with. Well, Mm -hmm. it takes any kid from your most athletic kid to somebody who's never been an athlete before to a kid with disabilities and they can all be a part of it. That's great. Yeah. And it gets them out of the house and off the couch and away from that Xbox or their phone, for God's yes. sakes. Yes. It brings structure. Gives it them brings something else. focus. Yes. It brings, there's a whole lot that helps a child in that. And it can start in fourth grade. And now they're talking, you have all of these scholarships for archery. And it's a great way to, um, to look into scholarships for school. Very good. I like yeah. that. That's a good, a good leadhead brigade, a good hero. Yeah, leadhead brigade hero mm-hmm. yeah, program. Yeah, very good. So in other states, I guess you could check and see if that might be available. Yes, a lot of other states have it. I know that Kentucky, um, a lot of the southeastern states, but we, I know that they're all. It's all over. That we have people coming in from outside of the U.S. in the past. I don't know what they will do this year, but they have worlds. Um, the competition. It's, it's a great program. Nice. 
Keith likes everything about the great outdoors. He's a lot like us. Whether we're bow hunting in the backcountry or plinking in the backyard, we want to enjoy each experience to the fullest. Keltec's 22 caliber P17 is Heath's go-to pistol for a good time on the range, on the trail, and anywhere in between. Weighing in at only 14 ounces with a full magazine, its compact size makes it easy to conceal or tuck away in a small pack, pocket, or space. It comes out of the box ready with a fiber optic front sight, a threaded barrel, a Picatinny rail, and a price point for any budget. With three 16-round magazines, it's ready for hours of pure, unadulterated enjoyment. It's easy, it's affordable, it's accurate, and it's a damn sweet marvel of plinking innovation. The Keltec P-17. It's more bang for less buck. So uh, one other thing that I want you guys to be aware of, you lead heads, and I mentioned this a couple episodes back also, is the Great American Outdoors Act. Yes, yes. I think at the time it, it wasn't law. It was just a bill, but it has been signed into law mm-hmm. by Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, and it was done on August the 4th. And what this does was it it's like really super funding the Land and Water Conservation Fund, which mm-hmm. was back in the 1950s, I think, when this was originally uh, developed. But, you know, they weren't really getting the, the funds that they needed. So this guarantees that they are going to get a set amount of money every year and it's something like $900 million each year that's going to be allotted to this this fund. And it goes into uh, funding, um, what are they calling it? It's like... National parks. Well, no, but it's... Um, let me find the words that they use here. It's like things that need to be backlog. They're calling it... maintenance backlog Mm -hmm. so upkeeping our national parks national forest um public lands the blm is yeah part of this Mm -hmm. and uh or organizations like the u.s fish and wildlife services yes uh are going to be funded for this. So it's to help with their backlog of things, I guess, uh, since the fifties that, uh, that they didn't get, didn't get funded. Yeah. 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 And, uh, it's kind of, it's a little misleading to me because it says it will dedicate 9, 9.5 billion, uh, to repair and restore over five years. Uh, but they're going to get 900 million a year. So I don't, you know, it's all, freaking governmental wording so i mean who who knows exactly but on the onset this seems like a good thing it sounds good i me. think it's good we we did a big i mean i i did a big push assigned all the things that needed to be signed i contacted my congressman for everything for this and it's uh you know there's a lot out there that has not been taken care of like you said over the past decades yeah. and it, 40 years. 40 years. And, you know, there there are groups that uh, we went hiking one time down near Mont Eagle. Mm-hmm. And there's a, the Fiery Gizzard is a trail that oh, we yeah, got. I've been there. 
Uh, it's a wonderful trail. If you're coming up through it, they have a memorial to a group of men that back in the Great Depression, um, they, they're a group of men that you had to be within a certain age and you were hired on by the government to go around to national parks and places like this to fix things along the way. Um, and I'm trying to think of what that group of men is called. There's a, an acronym for it, but they got paid to do work yeah. when instead of taking handouts <laughs> and we could get political on this, but I think that it would detour from the, the good that came from it, that these men didn't want a free handout. They wanted to work for, sure. um, for something that they were receiving. And, and part, of, part of our, our greatest generation, you know, they didn't want yes. anything. They wanted to work for yes. everything they got. Yeah. And so they did. And they, they weren't entitled. They didn't feel entitled. No, no, not at all. And there's, there's a, a monument, there's a memorial set up that you can walk around and read about these men coming through and putting bridges in or fixing trails for everybody. And I think that since that point, it, these things have kind of fallen to the wayside. So My grandfather worked for the National Park Services, and that's what he did was, you know, he put in the steps to go down yes. to the falls and the railing yeah. systems and, you know, the, the picnic tables. And, I mean, he built all that stuff. They built yeah. it. And it's important. It keeps you on track. It keeps you from impacting what is naturally there if you stay on that path. And I think that it helps people enjoy it a little bit more. And I, I think that all of this that's going to be financially now helping uh, is going to help keep things in better shape than they have been. I think it's a great thing. Yeah, and it says the the LWCF, the Land and Water Conservation Fund, the LWCF, mm -hmm. uh, has provided funding for conservation projects in all 50 states and near, nearly every county in the United States. Mm -hmm. The Great American Outdoors Act will ensure that the LWCF will be fully funded at $900 million annually for just the third time in the fund's half-century history. Mm -hmm. So it's 50 years old. For reference, the fund is slated to receive $495 million this year, the highest allocation in the last 17 years. Additionally, the Great American Outdoors Act will dedicate $9.5 billion to repair and restore public and land infrastructure over a period of five years, with the National Park Service receiving 70% of these funds. Other federal agencies, such as, such as the U.S. Forest Service, U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service mm -hmm. and the BLM will receive most of the remainder. I think if you think about it, even from, I mean, I'm coming from the hunting and fishing aspect of it and the public lands. I hunt public lands here in Tennessee. And this funding is going to, it's going to help create this land, this, this public area. It'll, it'll, continue to create access that's yeah. important to us. It also will help out the recreational shooting areas. It, there's a whole bunch that goes into this that I think not everybody can see. It kind of hits everybody recreationally and hunting and fishing-wise yeah. as sportsmen. 
Mm-hmm. And I also read something, of course, you know, Congress has put a little thing in there that um, they could also reallocate this money for other things in the future if if, if voted on, you know. So <laughs> yeah. all yeah. this money may end up going to some um, military government. <laughs> who contract. knows? Yeah, who knows? But, I mean, it's a start, right? It's a start. It's a start to hopefully... Because that's a lot of money, and you know those politicians want to get their greedy hands on it. Oh, you know it. And I think that's where we, the people... We have to make sure that it's going where it was intended to go. Yes. Yeah. Got to keep an eye on it. Yeah. And you can do that by voting. (laughs) Voting and, and, you know, just educating yourself. Again, critically thinking, not just listening to one side and taking taking Mm -hmm. their... Their uh, points is fact, but mm-hmm. looking at both sides, all sides, every angles, and coming up with your own opinion. All of it. Yes. Critically think for yourself. Those are good. Those are good. Very heroes. good. Yeah. That's a good one. That that was a good uh, planes and trains segment, yes. Amy. So thank you for <laughs> for taking part in that. Thank you, Leadheads, for sending those in again. Talkingleadgmail.com. If you've got jack wagons or Leadhead Brigade heroes, send them in. We'll read them on the air. This episode of Talking Lead is brought to you in part by Occam Defense. The guys at Occam love the AK, but didn't love burning their hands, getting cut by their pre-sharpened gun, or the lack of options for accessories. After spending a few years in the lab, they've recently released the ODS-1775, which brings the best of the AR family to the Kalashnikov's reliability. It's still an AK under the hood. AK mags, forged Polish AK parts, but with American aerospace manufacturing practices and ingenuity. Check them out at OccamDefense.com or on Instagram at OccamDefenseSolutions. All right. So, Amy Hall. Yes, sir. Her Wild Outdoors. That is the name of your podcast, which... How did you get involved with podcasting? What was... What was the was thing the that came to you? Was like, hmm, I should start a podcast talking about what I enjoy doing. It was not. Um, it was not something that I originally came up with on my own. Uh, had a a buddy that I had connected with out in California, who has an outdoors podcast, and his his podcast is Western Contours, and he saw a need. For a woman to get on and interview other women who love being in the outdoors. And he had done it in the past. It's not that he had not had any women on his podcast, but he said there's a difference between him being able to sympathize with women and another woman being able to empathize. And there's Mm -hmm. a difference. Yes. And so he signed me on to come on and, and have 12 conversations with amazing women out there and I did it and it was fun and it was great, but then it was over and I wasn't ready for it to be over. (laughs) (laughs) A little addicting, huh? It was addicting. And I'll tell you what the addicting part was. The addicting part was I, even being in the South, being in Tennessee, where hunting and fishing and being in the outdoors is so prevalent. I still can't reach my hand out and touch another woman who hunts within a certain mile radius, right? It's, uh, there are groups of people who get together, but if I reached out in my community, in my neighborhood even, that close in, 
I have not had anybody that reached back saying, yes, I do that too, that I can have a conversation with. Mm -hmm. I need to introduce you to some people. Thank you. (laughs) I'll take it. And I have. I have connected with more people along the way where uh, doors have opened and I have met people and, you know, we have a lot that, uh, that our Tennessee sportsmen, people get together like there, there's that, but I needed to hear from women that weren't sponsored, that weren't these big hot shots in our hunting and fishing community, mm-hmm. how they did it and how they continue doing it and how they began because I didn't begin until later in life. And so I wanted to hear these stories of regular women who are moms, sisters, daughters, uh, single women, married women, uh, single parents, like single moms who are getting out there and doing it for their kids. And I wanted to hear these stories myself. And I thought if I want to hear these stories, I think other people would want to hear them as well. And that's how Her Wild Outdoors started. Yeah, and how long ago did you start this? I started it back in, the idea started in January, and I think my first podcast came out in March, and it's just grown, so it's been a positive Welcome to the podcasting world. Thank you. A lot of people say, well, do you only have women on the podcast? I said, no, because there are men who have supported women in our community, whether it's because they're dads of, of women or their husbands or their groups of people who have supported women along the way. So it's a little bit of everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, one that I really enjoyed was Lieutenant Colonel Lisa Jaster. That She's you, amazing. Right. <laughs> I mean, that was, that was a, a grab. I'm, I'm not all the way done with it yet. I'm ha- like halfway through it. I was listening yeah. to it on the treadmill yesterday and, uh, yeah, she was she was really good. She was a great interview. So, you guys, go check that one out definitely when you go over to uh, her Wild Outdoors and listen listen to uh, Lisa Jaster. I like that amazing. the asphalt story. That was. <laughs> <laughs> she's got a lot of stories that come out in that one, but she's just. I mean, honestly, she's a badass woman who has a heart of gold, and it's uh, went through it's uh, Ranger School. First woman mm-hmm. through Ranger School. She was one of the first. I think there were three in her class, and it was before they opened it up freely to women coming in. So she was in that first group of let's try it out. Mm-hmm. And uh, she tells you it's not – her story isn't a perfect story going through it, and she's honest about it, and I appreciate – Yeah, that's what I liked about it. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. – and yep. she was very, you know, just relaxed and talking to you too. You know, I think that's mm-hmm. – you know, your platform, like you said, like that guy nailed it when he's like, hey, you know, I want to have more women and introduce women, but I'm not the person to interview them because mm-hmm. I can't really relate. And, you know, I've tried doing that on this this podcast, too. You know, I try to get like yourself. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's just women interviewing women just seems to do, you know, they seem more relaxed and yeah. freer to talk about things. And, you know, you being a mother, her being a mother, there's things that you can connect on and um, you know, I, I think you bring a whole other aspect that if I were to interview her, it would be a completely different, different interview mm-hmm. than, than how you did it. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that people can look at that interview especially, but uh, along the ways they can see some of these conversations as being women who are either arrogant or full of themselves or have that feminist side to them that is more of the negative side. And I think that you will find listening in, it's not us going, make us a part of your team, make us a part of your group. We are left out. It's not that at all. Mm -hmm. It's, it is, let us help support this community. Let us be a part of it. And we're excited about it. And here's how we're doing it. And uh, I think that it's more of empowerment than permission. And I think that it's, um, it's more of, a support for everybody, man and woman, versus, you know, yeah. he man or what she. Women power. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely not that. It is just supporting each other. And I think that that's a difference that you can find. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah it's like you said, it's not that you're, we're women, hear us roar kind of thing. It's, mm-hmm. you know, we have a common interest. And, you know, not a lot of women have this interest, Yeah. Um, but we want to introduce it to more women and get them and let them know that this is out here and, you know, it's just as much for women as it is for men. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those, hey, this is how I did it. This is how it worked. This is how it didn't work. Maybe I can help you <laughs> pass by the things that didn't work so that you can keep on your path as a positive outcome. Yeah, and uh, you're going to start seeing more and more companies start marketing to uh, the female demographic mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. you know they're all about making money, and there's you know untapped billions of untapped dollars there that you know they're they're going to want to get into. Um, it's true. It's, mean, it's also but women take advantage of it. Take advantage of their greed yes. <laughs> and, and uh, make it, it work for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's one of those things where I want people and companies, I want them to see women coming into it and not just give them something that's going to work for maybe six months or a year, mm-hmm. but see this as a long-term investment. If you cater well to women now, you're going to have them for the long haul. And it's all about creating relationships across the board. And, and mm-hmm. that's, I definitely want people to see that. And I like the fact that you're you're bringing women that like you said aren't well known, aren't like nationally known or world okay. worldwide known famous hunters or, you know, sports sports women, mm-hmm. you know, outdoors women. Um you're just bringing common everyday women that, you know, enjoy the sport, enjoy the hunting yeah. and you know getting their their take, their aspect on it and you know I mean, not to say that you wouldn't have those kind of, of women on your show. I'm sure you you would, but we and I've had them too. I mean, you know, I mean, you had Amanda, Amanda on, on there. Yeah. yeah. But if you listen to her story and where she started, it, very similar, uh, right? It's very similar, and I think that those stories don't get heard. And I love hearing those stories, and I think more of them need to be told because you and I both can agree that this kind of platform, just like writing and books and magazines and things like that, this is a part of our history keeping. This is... Oh, absolutely. And I I take it very seriously to pass on that information. Yeah. This is the new form of, uh, like you said, document history documentation yeah. podcasting is. And yes. there are probably millions of podcasts out now. 
Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I started uh, seven years ago, I mean, it was just starting to, you know, people were just starting to, you know, I've heard a podcast, but I don't know what it is, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing. Uh, but since then, I mean, the, you know, your, your choices are unlimited. And, and we really yeah. thank you listeners for choosing Talking Lead and, you know, tell a, tell a friend. Yeah. Bring bring a buddy, tell a friend kind of thing. <laughs> We're very grateful also for the platforms that are out there that make it so accessible. and Everywhere. Uh, you know, everywhere, mm-hmm. everywhere. Uh, there's there's places that we're available that I don't even know about. Yeah, you know, just because they share. You know, once it goes to iTunes, it gets you know pushed out to. I mean, I don't know how many different places, but um, yeah, and worldwide. You know, mm-hmm. not just uh, here in the United States. You, know, you get we've got listeners all over the world. I mean, in over yeah. 200 countries, we've got leadheads out there, and that's. Largely due to our military men and women. So thank you for listening to us overseas and thank you for your service. I love that. I love that. That's we're a military family and um, it's a big, a big part of, of our history as a family. So, well, I want to find out more about you. So, yes. so now, Amy, <laughs> it's time for questions. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, first question is, how? What is your earliest memory or recollection uh, of getting involved with with hunting or the outdoors? Okay. So, outdoors is much different than hunting. When but I it's was, it's kind of a gateway, though. You know, it's a I gateway. One hundred percent. I think. One hundred percent. And going back to you to talking about you know, parents and kids. No, my parents weren't a hunting family. They weren't really a fishing family. We would fish every now and then, but just, um, we were a camping family. That's, you have a whole lot of kids in a family and there's not a lot of money. How do you see the world? You camp. And that was how we went to Florida. That was how we went to DC. That was just how we went all up and down the Eastern seaboard was camping. And so, uh, that made it very easy to be comfortable with the outdoors was mm-hmm. growing up in that. It wasn't until I got married and my husband is a hunter and we had our kids and they were young and my husband would go out hunting and I would be at home with these young babies and I'd say, I, you get to go out and spend hours in the peace and quiet <laughs> you get to go spend hours all to yourself in the beautiful woods and experience nature and hang out in the quiet for hours. I wanted to do that. Right. That, um, I think a little bit of the part of it was you're providing food for our family and I would love to have more of that. And, but a lot of it was, I'd love to have some time for just me. And I think women, can lose that sometimes when they have kids is that, wait, I need some of me time. It's very important to maintain that for your mental health. <laughs> sure. You know, and women, they, they find other ways other than going out and hunting, but you mean, mm-hmm. this was mine. We, yeah. This, this, you, you sought the hunting, but you know, you kind of got that from your growing up from mm-hmm. all the camping and outdoors and, 
But your family never hunted, though. You're... No, they didn't. They, I think that my grandfather and my uncle did a little bit of squirrel hunting that I have heard of. Uh, my grandfather was, one of my grandfathers was a forestry guy. And okay. he recently, I didn't, I didn't hear any of these stories growing up. But recently, he, he's told me about turkey hunts that he would do in New Mexico on horseback. Oh, wow. And, and I was like, why didn't I hear these stories growing up that you would ride in horseback and scatter turkey across the fields and then hide as they came back together and that was how you would hunt? Like, Interesting. It's amazing to me that it wasn't until just this year that I heard that story. <laughs> so it has been in generations before my parents generation but my neither one of my parents hunted yeah and but they liked the outdoors they loved the outdoors yes yeah, yeah. so they and instilled that in you and then of course your did. husband was your your gateway into into yes. the hunting he was but he was we did not actually hunt together until this past season we only solo hunted how long have you been married We've been married 17 years this 17 year. 17 years, and this is your yeah. first hunt together? Yes. Wow. So you're really serious about some alone time, it was, <laughs> some me time. It, it worked out great. No, it was one of those things where we had to draw straws. Who was going to stay home with the kids while they were babies? Uh, who was going to take care of everything on the home front? If you're waking up at 4 a.m., 3 a.m., getting a sitter at that point in time, that doesn't work. And so... I, when I wanted to get involved, he was like, hey, this is what you do. This is the hunter safety course. This is, you know, how you need to go um, get ready for this. This is what you need to have. Mm -hmm. And I did that. And then he said, and this is where you go. And kind of just shoved said, you off. So, Here you go, kid. Go Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And my first hunt was all by myself, climbing up a tree stand and using a crossbow at the time. And it, uh, How long ago was that? That was six years ago. Six okay. and a half years ago. Six years ago this fall. Six years ago. And, um, six years ago, you made up your mind. You're like, this I'm is what it. I want to do. Yes. And it. there are a couple of things that I can handle. I can handle snakes. I can handle... I can't. Uh, snakes. <laughs> I hate snakes. I can handle snakes. I. It's the little... It's it's the fire ants. No, oh, those don't bother me. Snakes... And, Snakes and big ass spiders. <laughs> the, there's nothing worse than running into a spider web in the dark. That, oh, yeah. That's. Gives you the weavy jeebies, don't it? it you, you jump. If people could watch you in the dark, if they were flies on a tree watching you walk down a path in the dark and that happened, you're jumping. I always, always walk with my hand like this in front of my face. <laughs> yes. I've got my hand in front of me, like, like a foot from my face. Uh -huh. That's the way I walk. My one year, my, my daughter made me, it was almost like a fly swatter, but it was homemade and it was a stick that kind of had a V on the end of it. And that was what I kind of would dust everything yeah. out me with. Yeah. Well, but that was it, nice of her. It was very sweet. It was very sweet. Um, but yeah, that's how, that's how she understood your pain in your, in your hunting she endeavors. Did. And she came up with a solution. She did. And it was, I could very actually. Dust out the. Did it work good? Legs. It did. It worked great. Maybe you should patent great. that. I. <laughs> this is your spider web. I'm telling you. Out. I mean, stranger things have been invented. 
it, that is the truth. <laughs> and made <laughs> made people truth. millionaires. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But it was a fun, it was, my husband knew that the way I was built, I wanted to be given the tools and the ideas, but I wanted to do it on my own. Mm-hmm. And he knew that enough to be able to hand me something and then step back. And it, uh, some of the things that he would teach me would work great. And some of the things that he would show me wouldn't work great just because we're two totally different people. Sure. And so there but was it a gives you an idea of where to start. 100%. Yeah. You know, field dressing an animal out in the field, there were things that he could do that I could not. I just did not have the brute strength to get through a pelvis. And luckily my hands are small enough that I can just wring things out on my own and I don't even have to break a bone. <laughs> there you go. And, but it was trial and error figuring it out. And yeah. now I've, I've figured out how to be independent and, and do it on my own. Not to say what's that your, I would not ask for help. What's your preferred way to skin a deer? Um, this last year was the first time that I did the gutless method. And I really liked it. Is that the, you, the sphincter? Cutting the sphincter and pulling it out? No. So that's kind of what I did in the past when I did gut. This was this is hanging up and skinning and then and then separating everything out piece by piece mm-hmm. as you process it. Oh, okay. And so I don't have to gut anymore. Now the negative part of that is that I'm not gonna get the heart, which is a delicacy. It's a great a piece of the deer to eat. And so it, it has its pluses and minuses, but you don't have to gut anything. And I don't, I'm, I come from a surgical background. I used to work in heart surgery. So gutting out a deer was not a big deal to me. It's very organized and it was very, you were familiar with all the stuff and where yeah. it was and what yeah. not to cut into and all that kind of stuff yes. prior to. Yes. And how to be very, very careful with it. And I think that that came in handy when we were teaching the kids how to do it because it became a science lesson versus something disgusting. Yeah. And saw the organization of everything. And it was, it's pretty cool. But this last time, not having to go through the gut and just processing on the outside. And how did you learn that method? We have a friend down the street from us who walked us through two of the deer that we... His name's not Daniel, is it? It is not Daniel. (laughs) (laughs) It is Joe. Joe Daniel lives over close to you. Uh, So it was, it's a good, it's good to know different ways of doing things. If if I was in a place where I couldn't drag a deer back, being able to process and butcher on the outside is something that would be necessary. Yeah. It's kind of like you and I were talking about earlier, though, is like once you get kind of set in your ways on things mm-hmm. and, you know, this is all I need and this is the way I do it, you know, it's mm-hmm. hard to learn something it new. It is. It is. But I think that's what the great thing about fishing and hunting is, is that it there's always change and there's always something that challenges you. And I think that, you know, that whole learn, do, teach and I think that that's something prevalent in in this community, and it creates a better hunter. Yeah, and that's to be able to change it up. And that goes for you know we've talked about this several times on the show. You know, just the firearms community in general yes. is is very welcoming, and, yes, and even more so in the hunting 
and outdoors mm-hmm. community. You know, mm-hmm. People are very, very welcoming. They're very encouraging. You know, they want people to, to succeed. Right. You know, they don't want, you don't, because, uh, you know, more so, I mean, for just for the, the humanity of the, the animals themselves, you know. Yes. Um, very caring about conservation and animals and uh, probably some of the best naturists in the, in the world are hunters. Mm-hmm. You know, very yep. appreciative and love nature, uh, even though they're painted differently by some uh, groups. Yeah, I agree that uh, I think if we went back for a brief moment to your Leadhead Brigade heroes, if you throw out um, Blood Origins, have you heard of them? Mm-mm. If you look at Blood Origins on YouTube, they do videos explaining the why of hunters. And it takes away the blood and the guts and the the killing part mm-hmm. and it gets down to the emotional uh the reason of why you hunt the and tie it, to nature it does it does it, it connects the hunter versus the the prey it connects them more than just the physical and i think it it shows a different side of hunters in a way that non-hunters could come in and hear the emotional side of it and hear the why, whether it's from tradition handing down to a woman getting started in hunting to feel empowered. I think it takes all of that into account and, and it opens up a different view of hunting. And I think it's a good, it's a good group of people that are doing that. Yeah, and one more time, what are they called? Blood Origins. Blood Origins. Do you know where they're out of? Uh, they're out of the U.S. Okay. He's a South African that lives here in Mississippi, and oh, okay. it's from all over. You'll hear stories from people in uh, in South Africa. You'll hear stories from Australia, from the U.S. So worldwide, from that's cool. It is worldwide. worldwide hunters, and mm-hmm. probably they're showing the commonality that mm-hmm. emotionally that they all share. Yeah. Okay, that's cool. Have you had them on the show? I have not had them on the show yet. Uh, I did a little something for them. We need to we need to go back and forth on it. But no, I I think it's a when you put emotion into it into a why, it's hard to argue with that. It's Mm -hmm. hard to argue with feelings that people have because you can't change somebody's feelings. You can't change their a response emotionally to something because that's so individualized and it creates a different platform for, and I'm not talking about anti-hunters, even though hopefully they would be listening too, but just talking about non-hunters coming well, in. And most anti-hunters you. are people who have never hunted and it's just like anti-gunners, yes. you know, they've never even been around a real gun. They don't, mm-hmm. they don't understand the physics, the mechanics, like you said, the emotions Mm-hmm. That that go to it. You take a somebody who's never been around a gun. And you take them to the range and show them, you know, the proper safety and how to shoot mm-hmm. a gun. And you know, you see the look and the emotions on their face after they've done it, and you know, they're changed for life. It's true. Done it's properly. True. Done properly. If done properly and done in a way that's not pressured, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I agree. So when was when was the first time that you ever shot a firearm again? 
I shot a firearm. I was a kid. I mean, of course, we had we had BB guns. Sure. At my grandfather's house, but as an adult, it was it was my husband taking me out shooting at the at the shooting range, just mm-hmm. right here. And what and did you shoot? A twenty-two. <laughs> there you go. If done properly, yeah, you don't start somebody off with a fifty no. cal <laughs> or a three oh eight. No, or a shotgun. Like no, yeah. <laughs> you start with something that is not going to create a reflex of fear. Yeah. And so a twenty-two, two, two, three. Like you're worked your way up. You worked your way up, and uh, my father-in-law passed some rifles down to us. This was my first year hunting with a shotgun, which you kind of, again, trial and error, figuring out what's going to work for you. I was shooting an old Mossberg. That Still a great gun? Great. Like, don't, don't hear me on that as being wrong. I'm a short person. So getting up and over a gun, especially a shotgun yeah. or a larger gun that's going Something to Something that's taller than you are. <laughs> yeah. Very important to fit a gun to your body. And so figuring out not being able to get up and over and pocket a gun well, you'll, you'll be thrown off your feet every time, especially with a 12-gauge. And so we put a collapsible stock on it Mm -hmm. which worked but if you so most stocks if it's all one piece when you shoulder it and you put it on your cheek it moves back and forth right Uh, putting this collapsible stock on created when when I shot it went up and down Mm -hmm. instead of back and forth and it broke my cheekbone oh damn that yes. happened this year? Yes. <laughs> yes. Right before turkey season. It did not happen while I was shooting geese or ducks this year because I you don't have enough time with a moving target to be able to cheat, like to actually, like it's different. It's different mm-hmm. than sitting back and shooting a turkey um, or sitting at the range, mm-hmm. you know, setting it in and making sure you're patterning right. Yeah. And so I gum broke my cheekbone. It hurt like hell. Oh, I'll it bet. Was, it was miserable and it hurt. I, it was. How just do you fix a broken jawbone? You don't. You don't <laughs> fix a cheekbone <laughs> at all unless it has created an issue that that can be fixed or needs so to be you fixed. Just it just let it heal by itself. Heal, yes. But I realized in that moment, I need a shotgun that fits my body. So it has been a little bit of trial and error trying to figure it out. Um, and what did you what did you come up with? So I'm saving right now, and I've shot a Benelli, which is amazing. Um, Benellis are nice. Benellis are They're nice. Expensive. They are very expensive. So I've been looking at a Franchi that is made by Benelli, and okay. the I've shot it. It doesn't have as much of a kick, even the 12 gauge. Mm-hmm. And so thinking of my daughter in the future wanting to shoot or my son, even at a younger age, I think it's going to be a great, um, a great shotgun. And to what's the to length shoot. on it? Do you know? It's a 26. A 26 inch. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, um, just a suggestion. Mm-hmm. And then this is one that I've been trying out for the past year. 
Okay. It's uh, a Gerson. Okay. The Gerson Gobbler. Hmm. And in my opinion, it shoots as good as a Benelli. And especially okay. for the price, you can't beat it. I will have to look into that. Yeah. That's a... Uh, and you're more than welcome it, to shoot mine. Hey, that'd be awesome. <laughs> well, it's hard. Like, I don't want to go and spend good money on a gun that's not going to work. Yeah, absolutely. So it's nice to be able to go places and try things that, that could work. Yeah. And, and make sure that it's best for what I need it for. Yeah. And which is ducks and geese and turkey. There you go. Mm-hmm. And that's what this one definitely is made for. Awesome. Yeah. I love getting suggestions. <laughs> well, I especially love- the ones that are going to save you money, you know? Yes. Every time I hear Benelli, I mean, Benelli's great. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. And if yeah. I had, you know, just Thousands unlimited disposable mm-hmm. income, I would have all the Benelli's. Yeah. Um, but I would probably have the Gerson, too, because it's it's a really, really good gun, really nice shooter. What's the, so the, the Franke that I'm looking at is right at $800. So it's not horrible. Okay. Um, it's still something that is within a budgetable uh, resource that we can use. Um, it was suggested, I have a, a girlfriend out of South Carolina who is a veteran sheriff's deputy duck hunter. Okay. <laughs> amazing, amazing lady. And she that was what was suggested. But I've also got a friend who she is turkey and and more um, you know, pheasant and all of that, and she shoots another gun. So it is different for each person. Yeah. So these are I was trying to remember how much like like under six hundred bucks, maybe five hundred yeah. bucks. Yeah, yeah. So it's all, that's within that price range that is doable. I mean, it might even be, be cheaper than that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did a, I had him on the show and I had the, um, oh, what's his name? I can't remember his name now. Oh, Bill Silver. Okay. Bill Silver, um, which is, I guess, their marketing guy or, or whatever. But anyway, Bill, do you remember the Ginsu Knives? Yeah. He's the voice of, it slices, <laughs> it dices. <laughs> no way, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I had him on the show. That was a that was a fun show. I actually had him do that uh, commercial. He still knows it Just without like mis- mm-hmm. without missing a beat. But he's the one who introduced me to Gerson and the okay. the Gobbler. Awesome. Yeah, so I think yeah. I think you'll like it. I'm uh, I'm heading to a long distance shooting camp this next May. That I'm excited about. Where's that? In Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Okay. Oklahoma. Uh, There's some friends of mine that I have met through, actually through Western Contours. Uh, The first podcast that that I did stuff with, but they are, um, it's DR Long Range Concepts. Okay. Good people. Um. So they're going to teach you how to do long range precision, just or just mm-hmm. long range. Long, everything, spotting, everything. Wind conditions, temperature, mm-hmm. altitude. Very nice. So I'm that'll not, be fun. You'll enjoy that. 
I, I am looking forward to it. I, like I said, I am not the person who says I know everything about everything. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to learn more about scopes and precision and how to's and reticles and all that. Yeah. Reading the reticles. Yeah. So I've done several shows on that. Yeah. Um, Charlie, Charlie Melton with Charlie Mike Precision. Mm hmm. Uh, is a really good resource, and he does training, and he's got uh, classes. He's out of Texas. I'm trying to actually get him to come up here, Amy, to Tennessee and and do a course. Yes, please. And he wants to. I just got to coordinate it, and I'm working with Royal Royal Range. We've got places. Okay. Just got to coordinate it and and get him up here. But uh, that's something I've been interested in in the last couple of years, too. Mm-hmm. I got um, a new scope the other day, and it's like it's like shoe fitting, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. You don't. How rings are going to fit on a rail and how your rail is going to fit on your gun and all of that. So it's kind of, again, it's all trial and error and figuring it out. And so I got the scope, and I got my old scope off, and I was going to put the new scope on. And I get there, and I'm going, okay, this does not fit with this. It's a round peg in a square hole. Like, it's just not going to fit. <laughs> yeah. And so figuring it out has been a fun And what fun rifle journey. are you fitting this on? So I have a Ruger American 308, and it's it's just a solid gun that... Solid bolt-action gun? Yep. Uh, my father-in-law had it, had never shot it. I was the first person to shoot it. It is... It's just, it's reliable. It's a great, I've enjoyed shooting it at the range. And, mm-hmm. um, and so when you're talking about going to classes like this, it's like, okay, do I need to buy a new gun? Do I need to buy a new scope? Do I get, and the thing that I kept coming back to you and that they were telling me was you need to bring the gun that you're going to be shooting. Yep. You don't need to go out and spend thousands of dollars on a gun and a scope. You need to be shooting a gun that you are going to be using in the field, in your hunting, in just however you're going. And so this is my, this is my gun. And it, you know, I've had a Vortex scope on it and Mm -hmm. I love Vortex. I love the company. Um, But I got an opportunity to try out a new company, a new scope. Mm -hmm. And who is it? I have I have not used them yet. Okay, it's uh, Blackhound Optics. Blackhound. Have you heard of them? Never heard of them. They're Mm-mm. fairly new. Uh, they were given. They were doing a giveaway where they were giving away three scopes of your choice. You could pick if you won, and I won oh, one nice. of the scopes. And so I got the six uh, to twenty-four by fifty. Like I got a beautiful scope. The glass seems beautiful. It's mm-hmm. so clear. Reticles are nice. Like everything works great. So I just, I need to put it on my gun and see how it works. And they're called black what? Black Hound Optics. I'm looking them up. It comes in a fancy box. <laughs> where, uh, do you know where they're out of? They're out of Georgia. Really? Yeah. Black Hound, here they are. Blackhound Optics. Yeah. Very can nice. You see that? Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. So the glass, it's really clear. You got good eye relief. Very clear. Everything. Is that a first and or second focal plane? 
first, first, I believe. First focal plane? Okay. I believe. Don't quote me on that. And I'd have to look. I'd have to look. In the reticle? Mm-hmm. Has it got just like a crosshair reticle in it, or what kind of reticle has it got in it? Hold on, let me look. This is the fun part of, like... This is all stuff you're going to learn in that class, too. I know, right? Or you could listen to... You could listen to our podcast where we did the the and, reticle You know, that episode. would be a good one before <laughs> I go. You should go and check out our optics. Uh, yes. We've done, so I did it's several. It's crosshair. Cross okay. Yeah. Very nice. So that's second, right? Well, so the first and second focal plane are when you zoom in and zoom out, whether the reticle gets bigger or stays the same. Okay, hold on. I'd have to figure that out for you. I wish I could That's show okay. you. Don't worry about it. Um, Just the clarity that comes with it. That's but good. Do they get their a, glass out of Japan? I'd have to look at all that. Yeah. You yeah, never yeah. know in these days. I mean, that's all things that once you start getting it, it's another one of those rabbit holes, you know, once you start getting into scopes and learning all that, you know, it's... Oh, you could go so deep on these things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, we've done it on a couple of episodes. Mm-hmm. That might help you out in your in your search. Yeah. Um, so yeah. first time you shot, um, yeah. hunted, was this year with a shotgun. Broke yeah. your cheek. Broke my cheek. And you're, you're gearing up to do a rifle hunt, I guess, is why you want to take this precision class. I, I am, but I, I don't have a plan other than deer right now for that there's i did sign up of course i'm waiting for the tennessee elk drawing mm-hmm. um and so hopefully that will <laughs> you never know yeah. you never know and uh I'd i mean love to, you can't win unless you play exactly so. so i've got two entries for that in two different places so um and cool. then i've got a sandhill crane drawing that we're going to be signing up for have you ever eaten sandhill crane i haven't good stuff it's like they call it the ribeye of the sky the ribeye of the sky yes it's we had it a year and a half ago where where do you hunt for those here in tennessee where uh there are different places you can go to there's public land you can go to and is there a season for that there is a season that for that. specific bird? Yes, there is a season for it. I mean, you know, in Tennessee, it's you can't shoot, you can't kill anything in Tennessee or hunt for anything in Tennessee unless there's a season for it. So uh, it is, there's definitely a season for it. I know that the drawing comes up at the end of this month, and um, they have a certain amount, of course, that they give out every year. So Okay. Well, I haven't. I I haven't paid enough attention to that one. I guess I need to. I haven't. I haven't done Put a lot of bird. Yeah, I haven't done a lot of bird hunting. Mm-hmm. So I've never seen hill crane. And do you? Hunting. What do you hunt them with? Shotgun. A shotgun. Mm-hmm. Okay. Very yep. Nice. Um, but yeah, hopefully. How big right are they? <sighs> Bigger than geese. <laughs> Bigger than a geese. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you get a good amount of meat, and it's like I said, it's tender. It's like your tenderloin, and you're for venison. It's well. I hope we you get one this it. year, and you let me try it. I would be happy to. We do a wild game dinner every year, right around NWTF. So oh, I'll cool. let you know okay. when that is. Yeah, that'll be good. You can come eat. 
some yummy food. Hell yeah. I love food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I love it so much I get food poisoning. Nah. Ugh. <laughs> so, so um, next question is, when it comes to pop culture, mm-hmm. whether it's a TV show, a movie, a magazine, uh I mean, in today's environment, you know, you got YouTube channels and mm-hmm. so what's your go-to that is, and in your case, I'm going to say hunting related. Normally yeah. I would say that's gun related. You know, I, I don't watch a whole lot of television that. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have to be mm-hmm. television. Yeah. I'm trying to put together, like, I love this magazine that came out and i've got it y'all are gonna hear a whole bunch of music the modern huntsman okay the modern huntsman who puts Um, that out the modern huntsman and that's a magazine looks like a book it is a book um but it is considered it comes out in issues and this one that i have is volume four and it's all about women in our community in our the hunting and fishing community and it's beautiful artwork. It's beautifully written. I have truly enjoyed reading through it and learning about not just today's women, but they have the history of hunters in here. And each volume is different. They have it from different parts of the world on things, um, but they really put a whole lot of of devotion to it. So you mm-hmm. see it's... A lot, a of, lot of, of research and yeah, it's a piece of art. Truly, it is. Okay. Um, I did an interview with Nicole, who was one of uh, the people that put this issue, this volume together. Nicole, and what's Nicole's last name? Nicole Qualtieri. Qualtieri, okay. Uh, she was one of the guest editors of this issue, and she did an excellent job on it with okay. her other guest editors. But I love this. I've had Nicole McLean on the show. Are you familiar with M- Nicole McLean? Mm-hmm. No. She's big into hunting and okay. outdoors. and um, I'll have to look her up. Yeah. Um, otherwise, we got hooked on a show this year that's called Alone. I've seen it. I've not watched that yet. It... You know, when I, as a survivalist getting out there, um, not that I would ever be great at that. I love food so, so, so much. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to starve. But watching it, it's one of the shows, like survivalist shows, that I can watch and not just sit there and make fun of people. And I don't normally make fun of people by any means, but sitting there watching a show being like, wait, that's the dumbest thing I've ever seen anyone try to do. This is not one of those shows. It, mm-hmm. We, my husband and I, really have enjoyed watching it in the evenings. Is that a Netflix thing or it a is. Amazon Netflix? Um, I don't think it. I think it's a History Channel thing. Okay. If I, if I had to, I've seen it on one of those things. It's either Prime or Netflix, but I've yeah, seen it and yeah, I've yeah. I've been, you know, it's like one of those things. I know if I start watching it, I want to binge it. Oh, you, know? you will. So I've got to wait till I've got time to to 100%. check that out. I think it's on Netflix. I think they've got it on Netflix. Okay. Maybe not. Hold on. Yeah, well, they can find it. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's on Netflix. It's a great show that we've enjoyed. Um, I, it gives me ideas of things to 
that could be fun to try out. Um, but those are my, I've watched meat eater a little bit here and there. I love, um, mainly the recipes of, uh-huh. of things. I haven't watched with. that yet either. Mm-hmm. It's, it's hit or I don't want to say anything negative about anything, but sure. it's kind of hit or miss on, for me yeah. personally on the things that I like. I do. Well, apparently it's very popular. Um, it is. I mean, he's huge on, it is on social media definitely. and he's got like the top outdoors podcast all the time. So yeah. Yeah. Apparently it's pretty good. <laughs> people, people, I'll like take people's it. word for it. It's fun to watch the different places that people will go to. It's, um, it's great to be able to watch somebody who can be, who can use different types of guns, bows, whatever that they're using mm-hmm. in order to, you know, if you're in the hunting and fishing community, this yeah. would be. That sounds like a great resource. Love. Definitely. No doubt mm-hmm. about it. Yeah, but I do. I love that magazine, the, so just, the Modern Huntsman. So just all-time, just favorite movie. Not, oh. not related to just what's your all-time favorite movie. <laughs> favorite movie of all time. Yeah, you just sit uh, down and watch over. And if it was on right now, you'd watch it. You'd say, Marty, got to go. It's on. <laughs> it's on. So every so this is there's two. I'm a B movie kind of person. Oh yeah. So and I wouldn't even claim this as a B movie, but if you've seen it once, you've seen it many times. But if the TV was on and Twister was on, I Twister. can watch Twister over and over and Bill over. Bill Paxton. Love Twister. Um, but my dad grew me up on the good, the bad, and the ugly. Well, Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Nice. Uh, whether it was Clint Eastwood or, I mean, we were, it was... The old spaghetti westerns? Yes. And so if that was on, I could I could watch that, too. Cool. What yeah, is it? I can watch those. Sister? Uh, There's a ton of them. There's so <laughs> many. And between John Wayne and Clint Eastwood, I, I could sit down and watch any of them. Oh, I got chastised last episode for not watching more John Wayne stuff. So <laughs> I hadn't seen the Green Berets yet. And, uh, oh, that's a good one for you. Yeah. 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 I have to watch it. Yes. Um, I got to remember. I haven't done this in a while. I got to remember my questions. So uh, pop culture. Okay. As far as your, your hunting gear goes, mm-hmm. your kit, is there maybe... Uh, a piece of kit that maybe you're a little embarrassed to say that you own? <laughs> um, so I'm a very, I'm a small person. I am 5'2", and I have little bitty feet. In fact, you're my 12-year-old daughter has beat me on foot size. So <laughs> most of what I can find are kid sizes. Right. Do you got to so go wear, to the kid's shop to I buy do. your clothes? <laughs> so I, wear, I wear kid boots uh, when I'm hunting. And I guess my most embarrassing piece that I carry is uh, I have foot warmers in my boots. Okay. And they are the kind that you hook up and charge up, and they come with a key fob a that key you fob. can turn on. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. I mean, that actually sounds useful. It's very useful, especially when you're bringing newbies into hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, the worst thing that you can possibly do is to freeze them out because they're not going to want to come back. So yeah. taking my kids out, that was one thing that I really wanted to make sure. Got to keep those feet protected. Keep the feet, keep them, keep them warm. Uh, if Try you can do that, warm, then they yeah. can stay out there forever. So 
it, your trip will be cut short if you get cold. Yeah, that's cold not, wet. That's not it's really not embarrassing. embarrassing. It's not um, embarrassing. No, I mean, if we could go into snacks, the the sour patch watermelon candies, I usually <laughs> always have them in my backpack. <laughs> isn't that a isn't that a no no though? Can't they smell that? Um, turkey hunting, I don't really worry about it. Yeah, Death hunting, I don't really worry about it. With deer, deer, yeah, you could you could be, but here in Tennessee, I've heard that the good luck charm is a. Uh, the oatmeal cream pies. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I if love you have oatmeal one cream of those pies. With you, it's supposed to bring you good luck. Okay. Yeah. Are, you, are you supposed to throw it out, or are you supposed to have it on you? You are supposed to eat it. Oh, you're supposed to eat it. Okay. Yes. Maybe two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all about snacks in the wild. So. Yeah, being snackical. Got to be snackical mm-hmm. on my hunts. It's true. It's very true. So those are my. So we we had this question for Amanda when she was on. Uh, what mm-hmm. is what would you say is your most crucial uh, piece of your hunting kit or gear um, besides your your bow or your gun? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are understood, and yourself, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a good one. I don't. I think that my knife, okay, would be one of the important things. I think that a communication device is probably right up there as well just in case you that's, never know yeah communication device that's interesting mm-hmm. yeah. whether it's especially if you're out there alone radio. Yeah. yeah and you know hunting public land as a woman um having a pistol is pretty important to a little, me a little second amendment self-protection yeah it's true especially if i'm bow hunting it's uh i'm not going to use it to hunt with but i can use it to protect myself for sure yeah and in tennessee it's legal it carry, is to carry your uh, your handgun. Definitely. It is, yep. Uh, her she she answered knife was mm-hmm. one, and then boots was yeah. a, was another one. Is protecting your feet's important. Yeah, um, it's a good one. That's for sure. Man, so, you know those sticky hot pads. Mm-hmm. You know the the hot hands and the I like those all body warmers that uh-huh. you can just stick on your back or wherever. <laughs> so you don't like to be cold at all. I, I do not like to be cold. Yeah. I like to enjoy myself out there. I understand. Gotta stay warm. That, that makes sense. We don't have a whole lot of time that it gets really freezing, but yeah, I sat out last year when we had that cold snap. Early, early on, I think it was. But that's the thing here is it's not really been getting that cold in the last few years. It's the wind up in that tree that will get you. And until that sun comes out, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm, yeah. And it does. It it could be warmer, and then right before the sun comes out, it does that dip. Yeah. So as soon as you get into the tree stand or wherever you are, right before the sun comes up, it dips about four degrees sometimes and it can get pretty chilly right before that sun hits you so i'm the opposite of you on on hunting where you know i've done rifle Mm -hmm. shotgun but i haven't done bow yeah and that's you know i'm i'm wanting to get into bow so uh, what advice would you give me as an up-and-coming bow hunter find an archery shop that you trust uh, that's nah, that's been like the the number one 
recommendation for most people mm-hmm. so far. Yeah. Find somebody that you can trust. And how would uh, I know that being new to it? I would ask well, you, right? Well, I mean, here in Tennessee, I can tell you, I go to the archery den in Franklin. They're awesome. I've heard of them, yeah. I've heard they've been recommended a couple of times. Mm-hmm. I love the archery den. Um, they are great people. They build great bows. They have great a guy that does your bow strings that is just top-notch. It's a great place to go to. Um, otherwise, the only other advice that I would give you is just because it's popular doesn't mean that bow is for you. It's, uh, you've got to find a bow that works for your needs, Mm -hmm. whether you're hunting whitetail, elk, bear, whatever you're doing, it depends on how well you can shoot a bow. Mm -hmm. And I think that each bow is built differently. Each bow has different positives and negatives to it. It's just um, like I, I tell people that ask, you know, about guns. Mm-hmm. You know, which it's, gun should I get? It's like, well, it's everybody, your your hands are like your feet when, mm-hmm. when buying shoes. He's like, I, yeah. I can't wear Nikes. Nikes do not fit my feet, don't feel good on my feet, but Reeboks do. But the only way I knew that was I went to the store and I tried them on. Right. So you got to go to, you know, there's great uh, ranges like Royal Range USA that have rentals where yes. you can go and you can rent all the different kinds of guns and you can try them out before you buy. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to see what can, fits best in your hand. Yep, you can do that at the bow. Same the thing bow with a bow. Too. Okay, mm-hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes I sense. need a bow. I, have, I dislocated my shoulder last year partially, and I need a bow that on the middle part, where you get to the middle part and you need to do that full back. Mm-hmm. Draw. Start bringing that back muscle into it. Yeah, It's bringing the back muscle, but you've got to be able to lock that arm in. You've got to be able to move up and over. And so I need that draw to be as seamless as possible. I don't need it to get to the middle part and then have to pull up and over. I need to be able to pull a great amount of poundage with the least amount. I need it to be seamless. Of, of movement, yeah. Right, yeah. right. So that, that was the one thing that I was looking for in a bow, was to be able to have enough poundage to have and a lethal ethical shot on a large game animal and to protect my shoulder. And do you recommend a used bow or a brand new bow? So when you're going with a used bow, you have to be careful. You never know if it's been dry fired. And... Dry firing a bow can actually ruin your cams. It can ruin the the whole thing. And so if you went with a used bow, it would be nice before you bought it to have it looked at and to have it just like if you're buying a used car. See if there's cracks in it or something. Go, oh, you really do need to. And so if you have the money to buy a new bow, heck, go get a new bow. Sure. They've got a lot of ways that you can turn bows back in and have trade outs. Like there's so many ways that you can do stuff, but if you need to buy a used bow, have it looked over before you buy it. So here's something I don't understand mm-hmm. and help me understand this. So with a bow, if I dry fire it, what's the difference in dry firing it and shooting it with an arrow? What, what, what percussion or concussion does it do differently that, that affects the bow that way? Cause it's still so, slapping it with a, with an arrow. 
It is, but they're having an arrow in there. The strings are actually pushing that arrow out. So there's enough force mm-hmm. that creates not I wouldn't say a buffer, but it's doing what it's supposed to do. It is it is working against an object to push forward. So it's just enough resistance from that arrow to protect the rest of the bow. That's crazy cuz arrows weigh nothing. <laughs> That's crazy. But it's but, I mean enough, it makes sense. I understand. Yeah. It's enough and it's enough that if you don't have an arrow in there, your bow can explode. Not just crack, but it can actually break, wow. and it that can be very dangerous for you. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you will a good arching archery store can look at a bow and within seconds tell you if it's been dry fired. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, more than likely, I'll go new. Would it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. So the, I'm excited. I've got a new bow coming in. It's supposed to be in this week or next week. What are you getting? I am getting a Matthews Avail. Oh, yeah. Matthews is nice. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited about it. I tried a few out, and this was the best one for me. Mm-hmm. And I say that purposefully because, again, like you said, it's... And did you go to that Franklin shop and you figured that out? From, I did. From those guys? I did. Nice. Mm-hmm. And I've tried a couple. I tried a bear. I tried... Um, low tech. Like I tried a couple, and they're not bad. They're just they just weren't just weren't for you. Me, and they might be great for other people. So right. I wouldn't necessarily go with. I would never say one company over another. Um, it it is all up to you. Now I'm also going. The first bow I had was a Browning youth ah, bow. Okay. Browning doesn't make. <laughs> anymore right um I you still I have it i do nice. i do and it's a great it's a great bow to start with because you can dial it down so far and it's uh i mean my my kids have uh the one from the nasp it's um my blink my mind just went blank but it's it only goes to 20 pounds so all of nasp you're shooting 20 pound bows mm with no sights. And so that's great to practice your stance and your frame and your form and all of that. But then to, to jump up and be able to hit, you know, 30 pounds and 40 pounds and 45 pounds. And it's a great one to do that with. What would you say your most memorable, um, archery shot has been? And it doesn't have to be a kill or anything either. I mean, you might have been target shooting. Um, so this past year was the first year that our kids went hunting with us. They both got their hunting. Uh, they went through hunter safety. They have their lifetime hunting license. But this is the first time that we had them in a stand or in a blind with us. And there was a shot that I took on a doe with my son next to me. And it actually has nothing to do with the shot. It has everything to do with his decision in that moment because he was going to take the shot. Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't think I am ready at this point in time to take an ethical shot. And I was so proud. That's a grown up decision right there. Yeah, good for him. I was so proud of that decision that he had made. And I took the shot 
And whenever you take a shot with a new person with you, you pray that that shot is the most perfect shot you could shoot. Sure. And it was a double long shot and she fell. It was, um, there was no suffering. There was no, it was the perfect shot that I could have ever shot. And it, uh, it was probably my most memorable. It had nothing to do with times. It didn't have to do with the count of points. It had everything to do with that whole story kind of encompassing each other. It was great. That's a great story. I like that. Yeah. Now I'll take you on a hunt that I went on last, let's see, two years ago. And a 12-point albino buck walks underneath my stand. Heart. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Hands shaking. I mean, and people who are listening here in Tennessee, you can't, you can't take a shot on, you can't hunt an albino, a pure albino yeah. deer. It's illegal. But that deer stayed with me for about 30 minutes, and I was just able to hang out. That's when you break him. out the phone, you know? Oh, I did. I took plenty of pictures. <laughs> you just he start recording beautiful. right there. Yeah. And you could tell he couldn't hear. I could make all the noise in the world, and he he wasn't budging. Um, he couldn't see very well, but he had – there were a couple of bucks in the area with him. I ended up taking an A-point that day that was in the – in the area with him. It's a nice but consolation. It was. It was. <laughs> I, I take it as kind of a reward for sure. respecting law and respecting that deer. I don't know if I would have taken if it was legal. Even if it was but legal, yeah. There was something magical about it. And it was just really neat to sit back Well, and being the photographer, you know, the photographer in you, I mean, I'm sure you're probably conflicted sometimes too when you're, you know, you're seeing these majestic animals out there. It's like... Bow or camera, bow or camera. Do you take yeah. your camera out with you when you? I I have not taken my camera out with me. Of course, with phones these days, you you really have the opportunity to oh, yeah. uh, to take some great pictures. But it that day would have been great to have my camera with me. It was a. It was. Have there been days um, that you're like you know. I'm just I'm just taking the camera out today. I mean, hunting days is like you, you you forewent the bow and you're just like, you know what? I'm just going to take some pictures today. You know, I have not done that, but I have been in a stand and not taken a shot because it just didn't feel right and I just enjoyed the moment. Yeah. Um, I've done I, that too. Is it, I think it's important to understand that hunters don't just hunt to shoot. Like it's not just about the kill. It mm-hmm. is about learning about these animals and learning about nature and watching and observing. I sat and watched two bucks just go at it one day fighting. And yeah, I could have taken a shot on one, but I had more fun Mm. sitting back and enjoying that moment that I might not ever see again. Just watching nature. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So I've had some pretty, I've had a skunk walk up underneath me. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's completely still. <laughs> oh my gosh! Don't don't get me started on my skunk story. Oh, had, did you? Did you had one in the garage the other day. No, it was it was living in the garage, and I don't know how long it'd been there, but uh, the cat alerted us that you know there was something there, and then heard a noise one night, went out there, and I was like, "There's something in this garage," and 
my garage is a mess right now. But anyway, after like an hour of searching and moving stuff, it was underneath the steps going into mm-hmm. the house. And mm-hmm. it was, and I, I, you know, I reached around with my flashlight, stuck my head and then I saw it. And then, I mean, it wasn't. Backed away slowly. It wasn't even a half <laughs> second. I mean, it was just, I was that quick jerking. I knew exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. But uh, it didn't move. And Did then, you just leave the door open? So I built a little uh, runway for it. I put mm-hmm. up tables, yep. uh, tables and chairs to get out. It's the only way, it was its only way out. Yeah. So we waited several hours, went out, checked. It was still there. Waited longer, went out. It was gone. Yeah. I assumed it went out. <laughs> I assumed I it left. I if it's not. <laughs> yeah, I assumed it left the garage. Mm-hmm. It looked around. It wasn't under steps anymore. I was like, all right, cool. So, I think people make the mistake of putting traps out, and that is not a good idea. No. Um, I gave it the opportunity to get out on its own, but it didn't because that night, later that night, I heard it again, and it was back, and like three hours later of rustling it, I decided mm-hmm. not to kill it because I didn't want it to spray. No. But I should have gone ahead and killed it because... It kept coming back. It kept spraying. No, it... It would go in oh, this corner wow. and it would spray and it would go in this corner and it would spray and it would, yeah. So my garage is horrible right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. But I eventually got it out. Long story short. Um, but yeah, I hate, I hate skunks. Mm-mm. Hate them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're, they're just one that you don't ever want to mess with. Mm-mm. Nope. Nobody and, else does either. <laughs> and it's, you know, it's just like when I first saw it, it's just skunks. You know people other animals it's just that smell mm-hmm. they're not you know other than that i mean they can defend them they got some badass claws on them too yeah they do i mean they can freaking defend themselves i guess if they came down to it but that yeah. white stripe was, black and white stripe just he was not afraid instantaneous. i mean it was dark coming underneath the stand and it's like they're just rummaging yeah, through straight they don't ahead. care no they got mm-hmm. they got very few predators. <laughs> very true. Very true. <laughs> Little bastards. Mm. All right, so I got one more question for you. Yes, sir. Uh, and we'll we'll wrap this up this segment up. Um, if you could spend the day at the range, and we'll just say a day hunting in your case, mm-hmm. with any one person or group of people. Fictional, uh, still living or past, who would you like to go hunting with, spend a day hunting with? I think I'll go, I mean, if I went, if I went past, it would be Davy Crockett. Ooh, cool. That would be a Davy fun. Davy Crockett. Right? Yeah. I mean, he's one of the most famous hunters there is, him and Daniel mm-hmm. Boone. Yeah, I think that he would be a lot of fun. Um, just learning wise and all of that, that it, I think it'd be a lot of fun. Uh, right now, uh, Jana Walker is is somebody that I hold uh, a whole lot of esteem for. And, and who's Jana Walker? Jana Walker is she's a hunter that I don't, have you heard of Grizzly Ears? I haven't. I saw that you've got an episode on that. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark is actually from Franklin. Oh, okay. So 
you'll have to look because he does so much for the shooting community, whether it's tack, whatever, like his company supports. It's called Grizzly Ears? Grizzly Ears. Okay. What do they do? It's a device. It's a, it's a suppression device for your ears that is Bluetooth. So you can talk, you can talk. So it's ear pro, ear pro, Bluetooth ear pro. Yeah. Nice. So it's a it's a great piece of equipment, but you'll have to introduce I, us. You, I will do that. Mark is a great guy, and he can tell you some great stories that <laughs> okay. I think that you would enjoy. Y'all can talk guns all day long. Uh, but he, I knew Jana before. She has a show, Skullbound. Um, I think she's got it's all over. You can find it on YouTube. You can find it everywhere. But she is one of those women that even through sponsorships, even through all of television, everything, that she's a real, honest-to-goodness, um, straightforward, true hunter. And I think that she would be a whole lot of fun to go out with and hang out with, whether it was elk, goat. Um, think you could learn a lot from her by hanging yeah. out? Is that what it is? Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, and I think just uh, as a human being as well, it would be a great, uh, fun time yeah. uh, just being with her. What yeah. about a fictional character? Oh, fictional. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking Grizzly Adams. That So we just showed our kids that movie the other day. Great movie. Such a great movie. Um, that and Jeremiah Johnson. That's another good one. Both, both are great. I really, really love them. Um, who is it? The Shotgun Annie or... Um, Wasn't she real? She is real, but there are a whole bunch of cartoons and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, kind of like Wyatt Earp, the myth. Yeah, yeah. No, you're... Grizzly Adams is a good one. Plus, it's Robert Redford. <laughs> I'd... I think that that would be a fun. Well, he was Jeremiah Johnson. Grizzly Adams was um, uh, was the guy. I'm oh, it was what's his face? He was like um, a football player or something. Yes, he was huge. Grizzly, you looking it up? Yeah. Okay. Because I'll never think of it. Um, uh, Grizzly Adams. Okay, our kids have seen Jeremiah Johnson. I don't think they've seen Grizzly Adams yet. Yeah, oh, Grizzly, you gotta. You know, uh, Dan Haggerty. That's right. Dan Haggerty. Bozo the Bear. That was the the bear's real name. Let's see if anybody I love all of that. I think that um, Jeremiah Johnson kind of showed the hard, like the hard, hard um, side of just living alone in the middle of nowhere. Let's see. Maybe he did play. I thought he played football. He's a big old guy. Yeah, he's a big old, big old mm-hmm. dude. Those would be anyway. fun. Those would be fun. Yeah. Um, just for the hunting. I don't know. I'm a big Office fan. The TV show Office. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so who would you take from there? Who would you go hunting uh, with from from the Office? You know, we've been rewatching it recently, and I really love Jim. 
and I, I'm saying his character because sure. I mean he's a great guy anyway, right? The John well, Krasinski is just a great guy all around. Yeah, but, he's the new um, uh, what's the name of that series oh, on Netflix that he's? Yes, uh, hold on. John Krasinski is the uh, the guy that Harrison Ford played in all those. The uh, oh yeah 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 you're right. Um, crap. Pine played him in the in the most recent movie, but they did the series on uh, Richard, Rich, not Richard. Uh, no. Now I gotta look it up. Dad, gum it. <laughs> I'm trying to. My internet is not doing well. Um, John Krasinski. Here we go. Uh, Jack, Jack, not Jack Ryan. Something yeah, Ryan. Yeah. Is it Jack Ryan? Yeah. And then the Quiet Place. All of the. He's such a. But I would love to hang out with Jim. I would like to hang out with Dwight. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I would love to go hunting with Dwight and see his techniques. Dwight has, he explains some of his hunting techniques in the show. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It would just be hilarious. It would be, it would obviously be a fictional hunting uh, Mm -hmm. session too with, (laughs) with Dwight. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Well, very good. So uh, we found out a little bit more about about Amy. Yes. And how often does your show come out? Her Wild Outdoors. Her Wild Outdoors comes out every other Monday. Okay. And I also, uh, I guess, I, I host for another podcast, which is Miss Pursuit. Okay. Carly Brousseau started uh, Miss Pursuit a while ago. Um, just giving women a beginning point, a starting point in their hunting career. Where do you begin? What's the terminology? How do you like all of that? And so I do that every other Thursday. Okay. So I'll be on with her for another six months and then her wild outdoors will begin every week on Monday. Once a week on Monday. Very nice. Yeah. So it'll be fun. And how can, how can our listeners find you and follow you? listen to your podcast, social media. Mm-hmm. Are you on YouTube? You doing videos? I'm not on YouTube. Okay. I have not started or done videos yet. It has really been all about other people and storytelling of other people um, and getting those stories told. I'm on Instagram as Amy Hall Hunter. It's Amy Hall underscore Hunter. And of course, Her Wild Outdoors on Instagram. You can find the podcast. Uh, Her Wild Outdoors and Miss Pursuit all over. You can find them on iTunes, Google Play. All which the podcasting all apps. Everything, Podbean, yeah. um, whatever your podcasting app of choice is, you can probably find it. Very good. Well, Amy, I have really enjoyed having you on the show. Thank you for taking the time to be on and, and sharing with the Leadhead Brigade here. I know that uh, you're going to get a lot more followers now. Uh, from from <laughs> the Leadhead Brigade, and follow, uh, follow the story. Um, go go show Amy some love on her her social media, her Instagram, her Facebook, and of course listen to the podcast and let her know that you uh, heard her heard about her here on the Talking Lead podcast. Thank you, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely, anytime. And we gotta get together and talk hunting and gear go and shooting. Shit. Yes. Go shooting. Absolutely. Since we're just right here next door neighbors. I know. I know. That's and crazy. you'll have to try. We're going to get Sandhill Crane this year, and we will have you over. You can eat some. Oh, I would love that. It sounds delicious. 
Yes. Yeah. So real quick, how do you prepare that? Is there a certain way that you got to prepare that crane? It honestly just a marinade and smoke it on the trigger. That's it. So it's not like real gamey or anything like that? or Not that I've had. We The goose that we've had is a little bit more gamey, and I'll do a water bath on that first, mm-hmm. but, um, but not with a sand hill. So I want to have you on again, and let's talk about uh, recipes for, for cooking deer. That sounds great. I actually am in the top five finalists right now for the NWTF Wild Game Recipes. Oh, really? And uh, it's for my... For my wild goose Wellington, so it's I'll do a Wellington for my venison tenderloin or backstrap, but this is for the goose breast. Now, so what's a Wellington? It's the British. It's very British. Yes, it sounds. Um, it sounds. <laughs> it's a. It's you take a mushroom and onion kind of paste, oh, I love and then use prosciutto and your meat, and then wrap it in a pastry and and cook it. Ooh. That sounds mm-hmm. delish. Yeah, I'm com- mm-hmm. I'm coming to your wild game cook. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, <laughs> no doubt about it. All right, guys. Again, like I said, go show go show Amy some love. Uh, hit her up on the Instagram, Amy Hall underscore Hunter. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Did I get that right? Uh, yes. And then her wild outdoors. Yes. Very good. And make sure you go support those that sponsor the show. Bring it to you each and every week. Sometimes more for free. No cost to our listeners. Actually, Amy, we pay our listeners in a, in a sense for all the the goodies that we give away. Nice. They, I love it. They uh, they earn rewards here on the Talking Lead Podcast. Uh, Keltec Weapons, go show them some love. Fioki Ammo, go show them a lot of love. Uh, I mean, they probably don't have ammo right now because they're sold out, can't keep it in stock, but they are at full capacity producing it. Uh, so just keep trying, search your local vendors there, and I'm sure there'll be some in stock soon. Modern Spartan Systems for all your gun cleaning and lubrication needs for your guns. Modern Spartan Systems has what you need. And oh, by the way, even for your vehicles, Amy, if you've got uh, anything with an engine, you put the Modern Spartan Systems TVT engine oil additive in there, Hmm. and it's going to protect it, lube it up, and keep it running forever. I've got Way over 300,000 miles on my my Yukon, and it's still running strong thanks That's to the, awesome. the TVT engine oil additive. I actually checked it the other day, and I don't know how long I've been running it, but it was like four quarts low. and <laughs> <laughs> Still running great. Didn't, didn't even notice anything wrong with it, but thank God I checked it. Uh, that's the downside with it is, it, I mean, even without oil. You I mean, don't know. Mm-hmm. We've had Marcus on the show before, and he's talked about this one guy who ran it for for months with no oil. It just had the engine oil additive in there. I don't recommend that, but no, um, <laughs> but it works that well. Apparently, it works that well. Um, but definitely will make your guns more accurate with their accuracy Spartan oil. It's been proven. Charlie Melton uses it. I use it. They even had a contest a while back uh, to send in your pictures of before and after shots. We'll have to get Marcus to do that again. Uh, but use the code. I promised you codes. Let me find my codes here real quick. I know Amy's got to go. She's got to go pick up her kiddos. So it's TLCP15. TLCP15 at Modern Spartan Systems. You're going to get 15% off, and they're going to donate an additional 15% to Camp Patriot, a nice. uh, nonprofit 
organization that helps our veterans get out in the outdoors and enjoy hunting and fishing and boating and four-wheeling and just all kinds of stuff. So you can help out a great organization and save money and get a great product. Uh, ASP USA uh, for your light needs, flashlight, dual fuel lights that I've been talking about and been using for the last couple of years. Lead 20 will get you 20% off any of their flashlight or flashlight accessories. Now, it's not going to work on the batons or the handcuffs or any of the, the other stuff, just the, the flashlight stuff. ASP USA Lead 20, 20% off. Uh, Mission First Tactical, you're going to get 20% off from them by using the code LEADHEAD. It's going to get you 20% off there. And then LEO Takedown, you're going to get 20 or 10% off there by using the code LEADHEAD. So let me make sure I'm not missing anybody. See, I'm writing all these things down. Everybody else should as well. Oh, well, you just you just text me and I'll hook you up. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> but any of our other sponsors and uh, friends of the show, if you go there, and typically it's Leadhead is the discount code. Uh, it'll get you some percentage off. And if it doesn't, let me know. Uh, it's either expired and we'll have it reactivated or we'll get one set up for you. Uh, and then, of course, 1776 United, if you want the classic Talking Lead logo T-shirt or Leadhead Brigade T-shirt, you go to 1776 United, you can get those. Uh, and the Leadhead Brigade patch, you can get there. And then Dipstick Hydrographics, dip123.com. Uh, you probably see, saw me drinking from this during the show. We've got mm -hmm. our Talking Leddies. Very nice. Uh, you get your Talking Lead tumbler mugs. We call them Leddies. The Evil Black Assault Mugs, we call them. And you can get those at dip123.com. And he's, I think he's got different colors of these available, too, not just the black. You can get other, other colors there. And then we've been overwhelmed with requests for stickers. So Everybody loves stickers. I don't get it. I, they want to put them on their trucks and their cars and stuff. So uh, Danny, I've got Danny working on some stickers right now. And soon, as soon as those are available... Uh, I'll have Danny at uh, Dipstick Hydrographics. Uh, we'll put that up with the leddies and make those available for you leadheads. So you can uh, put them in your truck, wherever you want to put them. Put them on your your mugs. If you got, if you don't have a leddy and you've got one of those other ones, you just stick a talking lip sticker on there and then you can go. You call it a leddy. I'll give you permission to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but go show them awesome love. Uh, the best way you can do that is obviously by buying the products. But uh, hit them up on social media and let them know that uh, you appreciate everything that they do and bringing the show to you each and every week. Century Arms, uh, Red Army Standard, U.S. Palm, all, all those that bring the AK Corner to you each and every month as well. Amy, again, it was a pleasure having you on. Look forward to... I guess we'll probably get together maybe closer to hunting season and maybe yes. talk pre-hunt and then after hunting season. And if Amanda season, comes, we all, I'll just have to cook That's the right. Amanda is coming. So yeah. that we, we all three will do a show together with that. that we'll get together. That would be crazy. Yeah. And as always, Leadheads, keep your loved ones close. And your firearms and your bows closer. And make sure you tune in and watch. Watch? You don't watch it. You listen to yeah, it. Listen to Make it. sure you listen to Her Wild Outdoors. Starring Amy Hall. Thank you.